Levo to the right hand, puts her down. He's going to dump him hard to the ice. Brady Levo just loves to fight. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. My dream of being a professional hockey player became a reality, but it was all taken away from me in a very short period of time. For many years, hockey was my outlet. Hockey was my drug. When I had a stick in my hand, nothing else mattered. I was able to break into the Western Hockey League in 2004, and I even won the Swift Current Broncos Rookie of the Year. During the summer of my rookie year, I experimented with drugs for the first time. After just seven games in my sophomore season, I walked away from the Swift Current Broncos due to personal reasons. Nobody knew I had been sexually abused at the age of five. I did everything to hide it from everybody, but I just couldn't take it. Drugs and alcohol now took over my life. I did return to the Swift Current Broncos as a 19-year-old, but things were never the same. I was eventually traded to the Kelowna Rockets in my final year of junior where I got to play on a line with the Dallas Stars captain, Jamie Benn, and one of my best friends, the extremely talented Colin Long. It was by far my best season ever, and I even signed with the Tampa Bay Lightning's organization. A dream come true, right? That's when everything went wrong. First it was the cocaine, then came the Oxycontin, and that led me into a 12-year journey into the deepest pits of hell. Within two years, I had now made the switch to heroin, fentanyl, and everything in between, and I was now an intravenous drug user. Multiple suicide attempts and over five trips to the psych ward, I was a shadow of who I once was. By 2014, I was homeless on Hastings in Vancouver, the worst street in North America. By 2015, I was a wanted criminal, making the Crime Stopper headlines more than once. After spending three years in jail, I had completely given up. With nowhere to turn and nowhere to go, I finally started to get honest. I took a chance and made some major changes. This is my story. 10-1-9-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-1-
a really good last 24 hours. I, I got to spend some time at the Rink of Dreams yesterday. Uh, shout out to David and Elise who own the Rink of Dreams, which is just an unbelievable place uh, that I've been to uh, on more than one occasion. But this was the first time uh, that I got to go on the ice. There's a picture uh, of a few of us yesterday. I'm going to show some more pictures at the end of the show. Um, there's David and Elise there with me and my good friend, one of my best friends these days, Paul Rosen, who uh, joined us yesterday in full gear on his sled, which was unbelievable. And he's got a book coming out. I'm going to share all the details about that at the end of the show, how you can get your copy uh, directly from him so you guys can support him. Uh, it's going to be a great story. I can't wait to get my hands on it. I'm just so proud of this guy. Uh, he's battled through hell as well. Uh, there's few more pictures. I even got one of Rosie that, uh, that I like quite a bit. This one, or yeah, this one here. So, uh, what an amazing day. Uh, I'm going to give shout outs to everybody else who was there at the end of the show as well. But I just wanted to say thank you to David and Elise and their son, Alex, for having us there. It was like a last minute message. Hey, can I come down? They're like, you know, our gates always open for you. And I was like, wow, this is, uh, this is pretty cool. Uh, when you think about not too long ago, there's not a chance in hell anybody wanted me at their house, let alone at a place like that. So uh, it just goes to show that if you, you know, do start to do the right things and, and do the work and and be honest with people and, and just never give up that amazing things can happen and they continue to happen uh, to me and for those around me. And uh, just I see so much good in the world now and it's just incredible. And I just shared a story with my guest uh one that I can't share openly, but just little things like that, that, I mean, that wasn't a little thing, but even the little things is what I'm trying to say uh, that everybody has done uh, for me, for puck support, uh, for the collective community uh, that we've kind of built through this podcast and puck support. Cause there's a lot of people that are looking for hope. And I know um, that there's other people that are connected that aren't directly like through me, but maybe have met through puck support. And I think that was like the whole idea was to bring people together. And uh, it's just amazing. So we'll be right back with uh, Dave Rutherford, but not before we hear from my good friend, Regan Bartell and the people over at team issued. Hi there, it's Regan Bartell, the play-by-play voice of the Kelowna Rockets, Brady Leovold's biggest fan. Team Issued is connecting all walks of life. Team Issued does this by recreating that special feeling of being a part of something bigger. A community for all striving towards the same goal. Teamissued.ca, promo code TOEDRAG15 for 15% off. Thank you, Regan Bartell, everyone at Team Issued. Love that. I love that promo. I just love his voice. Um, so without further ado, let me do a quick introduction uh, because if I don't make it quick. I could sit here for probably the next year and talk about this guy. Um, there's not too many people, if any, that I've had on my podcast that that I think maybe I've been closer to at, at different times in my life, at, at challenging times in my life and his life and kind of grew up together. And uh grew up playing against each other, pretty much hating each other, uh, and uh, basically became best friends, I think around 15, 16 years old. And uh, there was a lot of other people in that group too. We had a lot of best friends, but um, we spent a lot of time together. And uh, somebody that taught me a lot about, about life, a lot about hockey, certainly improved my shootout skills after hanging out with him for a number of years. There's no question about it. Um, yeah, just an unbelievable guy. Shout out to his mom already, Tracy. I know you're watching. If you're not watching now, you'll be watching later. I love you. I miss you to pieces. You were always like a mom to me. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, 
But David Rutherford uh, is the guy that I'm talking about. And uh, we're the same age. And like I said, played against each other uh, in junior, junior B, uh, and then eventually in the Western Hockey League. Uh, unfortunately, I never won anything. And he went on to win pretty much everywhere that he played. I, I don't know anybody personally that's won more championships along the way everywhere than this guy and that's the kind of character he is he just he has that attitude about him that charisma um not just in the hockey dressing room but outside uh in just just in life he has that charisma um he's a he's a competitor he makes you want to compete he makes you want to be better um just because he is that person um and i'm better for having knowing him uh, i don't know if i'm doing this justice because there's so much more that i could talk about him he's a memorial cup champion an echl kelly cup champion he won in the central league he won the bchl he won the pitch he won everywhere like i can't tell you he won over in europe too um probably a couple that i haven't even heard of so without further ado guys it's my great pleasure uh to introduce you guys to one of my oldest best friends in the entire world mr david rutherford tell me you remember this one buddy old school songs buddy old school i have so many memories that are coming to my mind right now it's unreal right one sec one sec i gotta pause this I got to pause that because I had it going through the uh, the same uh, system there, but because I didn't have it queued up. But that song takes me way back. Thank you for doing this, man. It's so nice to see you. And it's, it, we've been chatting a little bit uh, the last few days. It's just so nice to have you a part of my life again. I love you. I've missed you. I'm sorry. And uh, I'm just so grateful that you're here, man. Thank you. I, I'm happy to be here, man. I think more than anything, I, I never knew if we would get to this point again. But I'm really uh, I'm happy, man. I'm like really happy. I don't, I don't think words can really give it justice. Well, and, and I feel the same way, Dave. And uh, yeah, I, I honestly didn't uh, think that we would, we would be uh, to this point ever again either. And I'm um, just, I'm super grateful. And, you know, I've always, uh, even though there was a few years there where we didn't talk, you were doing your thing, winning championships, uh, playing pro hockey. And I was uh, obviously doing the stuff that I was doing, uh, but I always uh, kind of knew where you were playing and what you were up to and, um, you know, always followed you closely and, uh, was always just so proud of you everywhere you, you played, you had success and, um, you kind of, uh, battled against, um, you know, a lot of odds, um, early on, you're, you're not a very big guy. I, I want to let you talk. So tell people a little bit about Dave Rutherford. I, you know, you're from Ladner, but tell us a little bit, um, about who you are and, and where your love from ho- for hockey came from, because it was your life like it was mine. Yeah, absolutely. Well, to go really far back, if we're like going to jump way back, I think you had Ned on to talk about it not too long ago, where I first really remember us getting to know each other, hating each other, certainly was the Burnaby Minor Tournament in uh, Burnaby, evidently, where Ned was like a stud. Like Ned was dominating to the point where like, I didn't know who Ned was, and I went and watched him. Yeah. So I remember playing you guys, and I think you had a silver cage. Yes, I did. Uh, Yeah. uh, I was like, I remember you used to like talk a lot of smack, but so did I. But we kind of appreciated it so much that we liked each other. And that's kind of how the friendship started. So when I think back to it, uh, 
and that's so long ago but that was certainly like the beginning of everything understanding how like competitive hockey was nowadays with hockey academies and all this like i don't know how kids deal with it honestly because it, it yeah. seems like way more pressure now than when we had but that's probably the very beginning i remember my dad taking me to it um he took to me into all my hockey games when i was a kid like back in the day it was uh the burnaby bulldogs i believe it was and uh I had, ironically, two jerseys that were, like, kind of my favorite growing up, which was Dale Lupel, who actually... I Shout out Dale Lupel from Port Coquitlam, my hometown. Yeah. And uh, Milan Geich. Geich. Oh, yeah, yeah. Bernie. So played with him in Victoria. Favorite players when I was super young growing up watching that weren't Sergei Fedorov. And um, that was kind of, like, the beginning of my hockey where, like, I really realized I loved it, like, fully. So that, that's kind of how it all started. And then I kind of got into a little detour with it where it, uh, I didn't know what was going on because my dad had cancer at 10. Uh, he passed away at 16, where I don't really recall because we used to, if I think back to it, and like this is a good thing to get talking about, was like how hazing and stuff in sports nowadays. Um, I always got out of rookie parties because I didn't like the drink by yeah. hosting them at my family's house. Yeah. So like I remember like as young as like 16 on the Abbotsford pilots having the team parties and I'd be uh, eating sugar or sour keys and yeah. like that would get me hyper. And yeah. while uh, like, other kids that were like 19, 20 were like partying and rookies, but I was so petrified to be a part of that scene, but you couldn't get away from it. And the only way I got away with it was hosting the parties. So, like, when I think back to that, I'm like, gosh, man, where, where did that go? Yeah. Well, I, I'm, you know, I've, I know because I was there for, for probably some of the rookie parties that I wasn't even a team on. Uh, we had, we had, there was a lot of parties at your house. And, and uh, to be honest with you, Dave, like, you know, I, I drank at those parties, but you never, I, I, the, the first time I recall you even having a sip of alcohol was when we were 19 after we were of age and at, a, at, a at, Mirage. at the Mirage in, in Surrey. Yeah. yeah. Was, and I was even surprised that you were, I was like, what the hell is going on? But it was, it was whatever. We can get to that after it was just, you're just yeah, 19 absolutely. and you're having one fun night, no big deal. But it, it took a lot to get to that point. But even when I reflect back to um, like partying at your, your mom, like your mom's place there and that like your, which is just, yeah. I have so many fun. I love that place, man. I, I oh, man, I, I, and your grandparents down the road or down the road and it's just unbelievable people. And shout out Mike Sir Giovanni too, who, um, while we're on here, did something very kind for me last week, totally out of the blue too. And, uh, uh, wanted to, uh, buy my, my, uh, family dinner, the kids and stuff dinner. So uh, he did that, which was uh, just amazing. So thank you, Serge. Um, greatly appreciated. And somebody else that I've been able to connect with, in case people are wondering, Mike Serge Giovanni is a guy I went to middle school with, high school with, and brought to one of these parties uh, and introduced him to Dave. And now they've become like best he friends. Like ever the best man at my wedding. Yeah, so, he was the best. Yeah, he's the best man at your wedding. So yeah, yeah Serge is a, just... <laughs> They don't make him any better than Serge, man. Like he's a, he's a, he's the best. And uh, uh, yeah, potatoes. He, he'll know what I'm talking about. A uh, little plug for him there. Anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, man. I just I remember, uh, even though, uh, yeah, I was drinking and stuff. It was never uh, at your house, at least for me and what I remember, really like out of control. And um, 
at least in that environment when I was there, uh, didn't see a whole lot of uh, people pressuring people to drink. Certainly not there. I'm sure it happened. But tell me a little bit about like when you got into junior because you played junior B at 16 with the Ridge Metal Flames. I actually that's me and you. It's so blurry. That was like, it was like a 0.5 megapixel back when we were playing. Do you know what, do you know what night that is? I think it was, I could be crazy. Wasn't that the, like the prospect night? No, this was the all-star game in, or no, maybe this is the prospect game. I thought this was was the prospect night or all-star game. All-star game in Abbotsford, I believe. Right. I, is what I think it is, but uh, yeah, it was awesome. And you know, that picture, it's pretty cool, right? They're skating off uh, the ice after looking back. I have no idea who took that picture. I don't even know how I found it, but I got it. And I've never, That's it's great. never leaving me now, but um, tell me a little bit about getting into junior. Cause you know, you weren't drafted to the Western league um, and you went from junior B to uh, the South Surrey Eagles and had a tremendous amount of success as a 17 year old playing in the BCHL and, and literally had your pick of, Hey, which school do you, does Dave want to go to? Pretty much like that's the way it was looking, right? Yeah. Let, let me uh, like jump back a little bit before. Yeah, that. man. Do your thing. Um, what was kind of cool is, uh, well, not not cool. That's the wrong term for that. Uh, I actually signed on uh, a contract for 16, that's 16 to go to the Penticton Panthers. That's right. So um, I signed that after one of their spring camps, like in March or something, because I had a good camp and they wanted to bring me in. I was kind of like an unknown prospect at that time for hockey, but I, I always kind of just kept squirking by and whatnot. And um, sad, sadly enough, that that summer, I think it was three days after my father's funeral, I moved away to Penticton. So my mom went from having two men in the house to having none. And so I was up there for probably, I think, Maybe a month, two months, went to school in Penticton while I was playing with the Panthers. But I was like a a black ace at the time. Um, Come like February or so, or like that, I think I only played 30 games that year in the junior B. I came back and signed junior B because my mom wasn't doing too well uh, with losing my dad and whatnot. So uh, I returned home. And I always remember it's pretty funny because – living in Ladner, everyone just assumed I'd go play for the Delta Ice Hawks, yeah. uh, my hometown team and whatnot. So I went and met with Shane Cuss and uh, Cuss had offered me a tryout. And I was just like, weird, I'm coming back from junior A and he was offering me a tryout. So I ended up asking my mom, I was like, this coach really likes me and this GM really liked me in Abbotsford. I think Jack, I should Jack Gosen? Jack Gosen. Yeah. And so uh, anyone knows Jack, Jack's Jack's different, but I like Jack. Jack was always great to me, treated my family phenomenal. And uh, so I decided I was going to make that drive an hour each day for practice to Abbotsford to go play there. I remember it always uh, upset the Delta Ice Hawks at the time, but I was like, if there's anything I've learned in life, go where you're wanted because that, that's, yeah. that's a huge thing. And um, it ties into a little bit later that, uh, that I had a great year. I think it was 30 goals and 30 games or something. And that's where I got to know you more. I think our friendship blossomed even more there. Um, and then that kind of brought me into the next year where uh, a really good uh, coach recruited me, which his name was Ryan Thorpe in the Surrey Eagles. And uh, this is, could be the best advice I could give to any junior coaches, especially with nowadays with uh, promising the world to kids. And that's where I think things are going wrong. Thorpe's, I remember sitting with him 
in White Rock. And he said, I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to promise you anything, but I'll give you the opportunity. This is where I think you fit. Uh, the opportunity is there. If you want to sign, we'd love to have you. You think you'd be a great fit. But he didn't say anything or like blow any smoke up my ass. Just he was just straight up blunt with it. And I remember leaving the meeting. I said to my mom, I'm like, that's all you really want is a guy to be honest with you. And yeah. so I signed that year. And sure as heck, we went on to uh, win a championship there in the BCHL. And it, it was a great year, but I was by far the youngest guy on the team by like a country mile. So <laughs> it was uh, it was great though. Anything remember, was- me and you really became close that that's you know just shortly after your dad passed away like that was that was a time when i man i i remember being at your house it felt like i like was there for like months sometime like a month at a time sometimes um and and you and i um you know we we went everywhere, dude. Like when we were 16, but I, I remember when, when I went to Swift and, and you were in Surrey and like, we talked all the time. Thank God back then for uh, Facebook messenger. You remember <laughs> the mess, get on the, yeah. get on the mess. Facebook messenger. It was, it, it was, was my space, man. <laughs> my space. Yeah, that was, but man. And I just remember you having all this success and winning. And I remember being a uh, part. I actually remember parting with the Surrey Eagles after, you know, into the summer with Corey deal and cozy and, and all those guys. Right. Like I remember, I'm pretty sure I partied with the trophy with you guys. I wasn't even on the team. Cause I, we weren't in playoffs in Swift and I was home and you yeah. guys had done your thing. And I really thought, that you were going to go and play in like Wisconsin or Michigan or like one of these schools that, and, and so tell, tell us what, like what happened and how did you end up uh, with the Vancouver giants? Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's actually quite interesting. Cause I was just, uh, I sat down for lunch with Ian Gallagher uh, a couple weeks ago, who was our strength and conditioning coach on the giants. And he absolutely, he'll never admit it, but he hated me. And uh, which is funny because I was probably the least liked guy for working out like at the time. Um, and I, I, I said to Ian, um, I always look back at it. Uh, when I got recruited, it was Scott Bonner was recruiting me to the Vancouver Giants because they were hosting the Memorial Cup that year or yeah. the year after, sorry, uh, year yeah. after. And it's, I'll tell a little funny story too that ties into the Memorial Cup with it. Um, so Scott, Scott Bonner had recruited me because a business partner of my granddad's was Ron Toygo, the owner of the Giants, and they wanted me there. Well, the Giants, Ron and them kind of went over the head a little bit of uh, Don Hay. And everyone knows Don is a pretty old school, does what he wants coach. That, that's a and, guy that definitely hates me. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he wasn't, uh, you, you know, it's funny because I, I laugh about it all the time. The first year I played there, I could, I was all, I was his whipping boy for sure. But like, I remember going through the whole week and he had had like two and a half hour practices. By the time we got the Friday, I was pumped because I knew I was on the fourth line and I didn't have to play many minutes. So I was that tired. So like, it, it, and like, I think back to it, like, uh, at, at every one of our uh, guys, like at, at the time, and no, nothing against Blummer because I talked to him all the time, but John Blum was like the worst D-man on the team, and he's a first-round draft pick. So yeah. our, our whole decor that year uh, in Vancouver was all played in NHL. So no wonder guys were exhausted and had no confidence. It just <laughs> like like it, the only guy I got through it that beat them up was Milan. Yeah. So being, being a rookie with Milan in Vancouver was like. Uh, 
no one was going to screw with him, but like Fistrick was like crushing me in the corners and practice yeah. and stuff. So that, that's kind of how it all happened. And I, I always kind of, I always kind of regretted it because Vancouver, we went and won everything uh, there. And that's where I saw Joe Bear do like probably the single greatest scoring streak I've ever seen in hockey. Like he literally won us the WHL championship on his own. He yeah, was, shout out, yeah. shout out Joe Bear Brule, who's been on the show. And, yeah. and when you say Milan, just in case people are watching, you're talking about Milan Lucic, who's now with the Calgary Flames. So Correct. we yeah. know, we know, but in case people are not watching, when you're throwing these names, you know, you call him Milan, but some people hear Milan Lucic and they're like, oh, what? Milan, you, yeah. you know, you know how it is, yeah. right? So I just want people to be able to follow along. But yeah, keep going, Matt. Keep going. And, I'm, um, I'm loving so it. Like, uh, w- w- when I think about it, um, being there was great and I loved it because it was with my hometown team and whatnot. But I, I never fit like the mold of uh, what Don was looking for at that time. And so we went to the first Memorial Cup in Moncton and I, I was a healthy scratch. I'd coming off shoulder surgery um, and um, I had the terms black ace, I believe. And uh, we're sitting there and I remember being in like there, they have like a fan section to like see the trophies and whatnot. And I, I took a picture with the Memorial Cup. I wish I had it, but I went to go put my arm around it and I went to go touch it. And I was like, I just stopped and I'm like, no, I'm not going to touch it. I was like, I don't want to jinx it. Like I knew I wasn't playing and I'm like, hopefully next year I'll be playing in the Memorial Cup. Um, so we ended up losing that year to Moncton. And then I think Quebec won the Memorial Cup against Moncton. Yeah, they so, had they had what's his Radulov and and those guys did they so, not? He was so good. And Alexander Radulov. Yeah, Marshall he was on, was on the team. Marshall let me let there. me back up. Let me back up the story for one second. So we were in Abbotsford playing Junior B. You won a championship with Abbotsford, right? No, I technically won one with Delta uh, as a fifteen-year-old. Oh, okay, I thought you guys won. Who won that year? I, honestly, I don't even remember. Sure, was sure wasn't you guys? Are you sure? I I got to win it the year with when I was 15. um, Okay. Okay. So you went, you went to the, then you went to the BCHL. You guys won the BCHL, right? And now you're, now you're in the dub and you guys won the dub. Now you're in the man cup and you guys lose. Right. So you've won so far. You've won the two junior best, best junior a league and the best major junior league. And you're 18 years old. So please continue your story. Just trying to keep track of the trophies as we go along here, Dave. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like it, it, it went on that summer. I trained with Ian and like uh, Brendan Gallagher was coming up and whatnot for my 19 year old year. Um, like tons of good players that came to Vancouver, got in some pretty good shape for considering a guy that was kind of pretty rounded who's now back to being round. Um, it uh, I got I ended up playing a couple exhibition games at the beginning of that season and then Vancouver ship me to Spokane at the time I remember I got traded for a seventh round pick which was basically nothing I think um, that's what I got I'm pretty sure Dave that's what I got traded for too when I go in from Swift to Kelowna so you know that's happened to you though yeah um, and, and, so I and back, you at the time yeah I look back at it I was so angry but um it was easy could I, I could honestly think that Scott Bonner uh realized like hey he's not gonna work out here this is good for him to go somewhere else. So I, I do actually think Scott thought like that. And Scott's always been, whenever I talk to Scott again and stuff, uh, he's always been pretty straightforward with me on different things. So uh, I always appreciated him knowing to let me go 
rather than holding me in this just in a bad situation. Yeah. So when I got shipped off to uh, Spokane, I went from like, I think Vancouver had four goals the whole year. And then the next year I had 30 plus or something. So getting under a coach that really liked me, uh, Tim Speltz, the GM there, who I think is now with Las Vegas. Um, uh, I forget Las Vegas' name, but like uh, he's with Las Vegas now as assistant GM. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Peters, who evidently has been in some issues and stuff uh, in the NHL, coached in Carolina and Calgary for a while. Bill was incredible. Like, Bill, I'd never seen Bill. Bill was awesome to me. I, Bill always treated everyone with so much respect. So um, I can't say enough good things about how, how great he was around me. Never saw any issues in dress rooms, nothing like that. So he, he was so crucial in helping me uh, develop as a player and just building me up. I think that's one thing we miss with kids nowadays. Everyone's so worried about skills and stuff that you need people to build up their mental side. And uh, that was a good learning experience being with Bill there. So we, we never won it that year. We lost to, I think, I believe Everett. And then we had a lot of luck the year after where we uh, went back and won more up. So that, that was really cool. So. Yeah, and you guys also um, broke the Memorial Cup. I think. Hold on. I think I can actually play the video. Um, quite possibly, if you want. Do you want? You want to see yeah. it? And, yeah. and you won't be able to. You won't be able to uh, comment through it because your mic will be muted. But muted. Yeah, but sure. uh, let's uh, let's watch this. Hold on. I'd like to now call upon the captain, Chris Bruton. Oh, hold on. I think we can talk. Oh my gosh, man. Oh man, what were you thinking? Well, keep the video going here, and uh, I'll show you. I'll walk you through it all. So, like, when I this don't, happened, I don't know if this one this one goes for like another thirty seconds. I'll try to find a longer one. If it no, watch out. it. This is the one. This is it. So wait, keep it going, and then watch. I come over the brutes. So the first one goes to brutes, and I'm like, what's the ass now? It'll show on the next clip here, right here. Yeah. <laughs> And we just, I always howl when I watch it again. I haven't watched it in a while. So. And the Chiefs organization, whether it's Snapping 2, they are the champions of Canadian Major Junior. How awesome. Like, how awesome was that, though, Dave? Like, uh, I'll be honest, man. I never even made it out of the first round in the Western League. Um, how awesome. Like, how awesome why is was that? that, though, Dave? Like, oh, it's uh, kicking back now. You, I got an echo. Echo, echo, echo. It was playing through YouTube. But how uh, how awesome was it, dude, to, to go through that um, experience, uh, 
you know, you went through it already, you lost with the Giants, and then to win it um, just with a team where you probably never ended up that you were going to be like you were people have to understand that at that time too when you were traded to to spokane the vancouver giants were completely operating out of latner bc which is your hometown and they were hosting the memorial cup that year and hosting the memorial cup so you weren't it was a dagger through me yeah 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 Yeah. but then all of a sudden we just see that video and you were an you were a huge contributor on that team by the way i have to tell People, I, I'm not sure of the number, but people are so fascinated with this. They don't even call it the Michigan anymore, but the Michigan, I, the Mike Leg, the original Michigan pickup. How many times did you do it in the Western League alone? Because I know you did it in other leagues. There's nobody else that I think did it more than you in the dub. Certainly not back then because you were the only one. I Actually, this is hilarious. Uh, one of the kids I went to school with, uh, we always messaged back and forth on like nice goals and stuff. And he posted that one of the Michigan pass the other night. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I wrote him. I'm like, I did that like 15 years ago. That's old news. He's like, no, you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. the video and sure as heck, the video is so old that you can barely see it. Like, it's like, it's like watching the highlights from us way back in the day. Yeah. That, that was so, like, uh, when I first tried that, like, uh, if I would have done that under Dawn, I think I would have been cut from the WHL. Yeah. Like, it just wasn't like that. I would try that stuff when we weren't even allowed to try it. Yeah, uh, it's just uh, now it's so great to see the game coach skill, right? Like, it, it's fun turning on the TV watching Austin Matthews and McDavid do their things. But like yeah. uh, back then, that was not normal, and that, that was always just part of my team, though. Yeah, in the heel move. So, well, then that's the thing is like you that all those like that move, the heel move, the the picking it up, like I knew how to pick it up and stuff like that. But you were the first one to really show me like the pick it up on the backhand and like, you know, and, and things like that with one hand, by the way, you know, like, and so that was something I thought like, you don't even know how many like moves and little things that, you know, I, I literally picked up off of you. Where did you get that creative side uh, to your game because it seemed like you always kind of had it. Y- your hands were always sick and your moves, like you had moves that I had never seen. Uh, and it's like, Holy, like, why didn't I think of that? But wh- did you watch a lot of hockey? Were you making stuff up in your driveway? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I was pretty lucky. So like my grandparents had a, uh, a big, um, how would I say it? Uh, a big kind of like barn that used to be an ice rink way back in the day. And ironically, um, before the Coliseum, I think it was called the Forum in, uh, in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah, the Vancouver Forum, I my think. My granddad had bought the old Forum ice generator and had put it in the barn and laid <laughs> down the pipes. So we had a blue line in ice rink on the property. So yeah. that's where I just would go and stick handle and work on plays and whatnot. And in the summertime, it was lacrosse. So it wouldn't be there. I'd be playing lacrosse in there. Uh, yeah. And then I kind of got that area where the coaches would say he's really good in the 20 feet in the offensive zone. And I was like, well, oh, I don't really know why. Like, I, that wasn't practicing defense. Yeah. So then it kind of was just like working on stick handling. Like, you, you know, we'd, we'd come over and stuff. And that's what I like to do. Like, where some guys would go out on a Saturday night. Most of the time, I was just playing hockey and that wasn't it wasn't it wasn't work to me it's really what I wanted to do so a lot of practice I think for kids nowadays I'd say lacrosse would really help and uh, also just just playing street hockey and stuff like that 
I don't see kids do that anymore. Like that, that's where I looked at you today or uh, posting about on the ice and it, it, it really, uh, that's like the type of stuff if you do as a kid, those like they say like the 10,000 hour rule and anything you do in life. Well, we probably did a hundred thousand hours. That's why we were good at it. Yeah. So, um, we, we, that's we were always we were on the ice uh as much as possible we wrote we played a ton of like even like together and i know prior to us even being friends you did the same i did the same tons of roller rollerblading you were quite the roller hockey player as well you went to the narch and like you probably yeah. you easily could have probably been one of the best roller hockey players in the world but you'd stuck with being the, the ice hockey route and and went pro that way but do, did you ever think about like going like when was the last time you got the rollerblades on and, and got out skating by the way I'm going to say maybe three years ago. Okay. Um, once I get through knee surgery, the neck, I'm right. having a knee surgery hopefully here in the new year, which I'll jump into that story as we go further through, which is. Yes. Um, I, yes. We're, I want, I want you to uh, definitely yeah. tell that story. So let's uh, we, we talked about the, the mem cup story. I, I, that just makes it even more memorable, right? Like did that yeah. because the, the trophy broke, do you think that bonded you guys a little bit even more where it's like more memorable because that happened or were you guys already super like family tight? It, it, it's funny because uh, I used to think I knew like, like the, a lot of people that win are like, no, this is how you win. Um, I think it ends up like after retiring, I won 10 championships between junior and pro. Uh, yeah. And I always wanted to get to the double digits because that was like, I'm like, no one can take that away from me. Like I, I always thought through that. And um, I, I, was, I was like, when I think back to it, it it's one of those things where um, every team was so different. Um, and I, I, I like, I remember winning one year with a team that really liked the party hard and they went out and stuff. And I remember going like, I don't know. I'm like, I guess there's just different ways to win. And I just never, never understood it. So that, that team, uh, like the team in uh, Surrey uh, just loved playing hard. The team in the Memorial Cup team, really, I think everything clicked at the right time. Like uh, in the WHL championship, we had a player on our team that no one really knew of who ended up winning MVP as a 16-year-old. His name was uh, a defensive player of the WHL championship. His name was Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson, yes. And no one knew who he was. And sure as heck, he's turned out to be quite a good little player. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's got two Stanley Cups now, too. And uh, I, I think back to it, I'm just like, we had so many hidden gems that no one knew about. Like, Tukarski went on to be the goalie for Dustin. Team Canada. Yes, so, Dustin um, Tukarski now with Buffalo, I believe. Yeah, well, like, I, I look back, too. We cut... Uh, Darcy Kemper, Kemper, we cut him from our team, and I think he, he's a he's a stud in the NHL. <laughs> so, like, I, I look back at it, like Jared Spurgeon, Jared yes. Cowan, uh, Mitch Wall did incredible. He's still yeah. playing in Europe. We had so many talented guys. Uh, Justin Fall played in the NHL for a while, and I, I just think we all loved the game. And uh, winning's so contagious. Uh, I always say for like, and you might be able to relate to this. When you lose and you know how to lose, losing's easy. When you've won, if you want more, and yeah. so uh, I don't know. I, I I definitely rub certain teammates the wrong way. I'll be the first to say that. But most places, I think they would we would all agree that like I can take some of the criticism if we're gonna win something. So yeah. I don't know. Some guys loved me. Some guys hated me. We all liked winning. 
So that's kind of where like I stand with it. That's the way it goes. And, and, you know, I never won anything, but I had very much the same sort of interaction uh, with teammates. I'm still having that probably on the senior team I'm playing on just because of the way that I play. And it's, yeah. you know, you either, you can either tolerate it or you can't. And, yeah. uh, and that's just the way it is. And, and that's what, you know, there's a part of your game that's an agitator too. And, and, and chirping, yeah. but you never back down, you would fight, but you're, there's no doubt about it, Dave. Like you, you did whatever it took, but you were you were a skill guy. Like you, that's what that's what you did. Like you're just your your skills were were always like like elite. Like especially your hands and stuff. But there, you you always did whatever it took too. So like people can say what they want. They might not have to like what some of the stuff that you do. But again, like you said, you you did what it took to win. Uh, and look how much you won. And I'm not saying that just because you were on that team, that's why the teams won every year. But I think after a while, certainly when you get to places like the Central League, when you're with Treeport and then, you know, uh, with Florida and ECHL, uh, by that time, you know, it's sort of ingrained to you because you've won so much. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely. It's, um, it, it, like I said, it's contagious. I, I think if you look at like business or anything in life too, that the same thing can happen. That's why momentum is such a big thing and you just keep rolling when you're doing well. Um, and you know, also a, a huge thing that like, I, I don't care what anyone says. And I, I think it might be the biggest. Every team I won on, our goaltenders were incredible. Yeah. Like, I just don't think you can win without a great goalie. So um, that's, a, that's a great point. Yeah. Like, like, I, like, like Paul Rosen. <laughs> Rosie's a great guy too. We uh, we experienced some time in Australia with Team Canada. So yes, yes, um, I know. We we can get to that after. I just wanted to plug him in there. Plug him in there very quickly. He's he's such a great guy. I love Paul Rosen. Um, I, I kind of want to fast forward. I I, I yeah. talked about Shreveport, but you went you went to the Central League originally to Shreveport, uh, which is now merged with the ECHL. I also played in the Central League after uh, you guys won. And you were, I think you led the team in scoring or you were very close, uh, probably even close to tops in the league. Um, And you ended up winning there. And then you go to the ECHL. Um, You know, there's some time, maybe some time in there, but I really want to talk about your time when you won the ECHL championship because there's a special meaning. And, you know, we kind of, you know, you touched on your dad um, passing away. Uh, We didn't really get into that too much but i know it's certainly i was there after he passed away and i certainly saw how it affected you and i saw how it affected your mom and it was a big reason why i think i also wanted to be there is because i, like, I just you know like i i wanted to be there because i felt like you know i was trying to help in any way that i could and and uh i think a lot of people felt that way but i definitely saw um how how it affected you dave and um I just want to ask you because I've never asked you this. Did you use that um, as motivation? Um, certainly, uh, moving forward with hockey, I know you did in this particular case when you were in the ECHL, um, and you can share that story more. I don't want to yeah. share the story, but tell us a little bit about that. And, and I'm just curious, Dave, if you use that um, as drive and motivation, was your dad always in the back of your mind? Well, th- this is a really, really good. Um quote that he he left me with which um i've actually used a lot of times because there has been hard times especially we we have about a 10-year gap in our window from rekindling right yeah um i always think back to like my my dad was given six months with cancer and he made it six years 
And um, I remember one of our last nights um, that my dad was like alive. And I, I, re I can remember just clear as day. And I, I, it's definitely a good line to keep for everyone in life. And um, I asked him because I knew how bad uh, the chemo radiation at that time was, the chemo pills. Like it wasn't like chemo today where like you can just have a light bound back. 20 years ago, chemo wrecked your whole body. And uh, I remember saying to my dad as he was taking a pill to like fight and fight his chemo. And like he, he was deteriorated. He, he was basically dead just laying there. And I asked him, uh, I'm like, why, why are you doing this when you know you're going to feel like crap um, right away? And he, uh, his answer was, you never know how close you are to making something work. So I, I always keep kind of keep that in my mind where, um, even when you're like really down and out, that can be uh, like if he could find a way to keep fighting like that, like what's my excuse for not trying to find a way in hockey or life to do better? So that that always stuck with me really hard. Um, and I, I weirdly enough, my mom's going through cancer now, too. And uh, I, I think she's got a lot of the fight my dad had, um, but a lot different to go see it from another side, probably. So when the Kelly Cup came about, um, that one just felt different. That just felt different. And when we were playing for that, um, it just your dad's, your dad's name was was Kelly Rutherford. Just we didn't touch on that. So so and the ECHL Championship Trophy is called is called the Kelly Cup Championship. So and, and you you were with the Florida Everblades and and again right at the tops of your team in in scoring and, and a huge contributor. Um, and uh, yeah, just I, I like I I think I recall us talking about. At some point, wouldn't that be cool if you won that? Like before you won it, or talking with your mom, you and your mom, like me being like whatever, like you found out whatever. Like I, I, I don't know if that's true, but I feel like that was a conversation that was had prior to you even playing. So I, I had won it the year before in the central, the president's yes. the central, and then I remember Greg Poss calling me and like uh, offering me quite a bit more money to come to the ECHL and uh, live in Florida. <laughs> Where like basically Florida is like the place where all players want to play. Like, yeah. like oh, it's a bad day at the rink. Okay, I'll go golf or go to the beach. Like, it's it's a good way to live. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember him convincing. I'm like, well, I'm like, well, like when I started asking, I'm like, well, what? Why do you want me here? He's like, I think we can win a championship with you. And so like he basically was another example of like a Bill Peters, and this was Greg. Greg Boss was the coach's name. He'd won in Germany in the Dell and whatnot, and was trying to carved his way out in North America. And so when he brought me over, just the heck of it, I was looking at what the trophies were called and stuff like that. And when I saw that, I was just like, huh, okay. I was like, and a few players say it the same way. Like, like when you talk about cup hangovers, I, I don't really believe in them. I feel like if anything, guys want it more the next year. So um, I was just as hungry to go and try and get another championship. So that that worked out but i did lose all my teeth in the kelly cup there um like literally had my jaw shattered i'm how did you have that so quick um and before no because you fast forward and i wanted to get that but i i wanted to ask you because here's the picture of yes. when you won it in the sold out bar in there your mom's there too right she wasn't i don't know why I, they were down in vegas oh yeah that's right I, 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 I do remember that yeah but but anyways, you're you're there, and 
you know, how much, what was going through your mind? How much at this moment can I ask you, Dave, were, were you thinking about your dad? Was there times where you got emotional where it meant maybe just a little bit more? Yeah, um, for sure. It, um, he crossed my mind all the time, but I always just kind of think that he's up in the rafters watching. So, uh, and that was something my mom always said that he, he was there. And it was kind of funny because my mom had been at the Memorial cup, but not at the president's cup the year before. So she felt like, like when she came down, she was like, didn't want to come down because she thought she would jinx me on winning. So like she tried to stay away and stuff. And she may have jinxed me once because later I lost the Continental Cup with a penalty shot uh, when she was there, sure as hell. So maybe she might have been bad luck for winning in person. Now that I think about it, Trace. So thanks, mom. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, you think about it all the time. But uh, th there's a funny video when we scored the overtime winner in that game. There's just a great video of our assistant coach sprinting across the ice holding a giant inflatable alligator. And I just think uh, there was so much fun uh, on that team. And, like, winning in Florida was great. Uh, the dental work sucked. I remember that. that that Because that happened in game one. And I had to fly back after uh, to uh, from Vegas to Florida. And the pressure on the airplane with that and stuff. Oh yeah, I never even thought of that. That would that people don't understand that it hurts. It, it's not even so much. At least for me, when I lost mine, it wasn't like right away. It was after, like the day, like the hours after, the next couple of days after, trying to eat all of that, and it just just no eating. Yeah, you and I, you and I used to like take our teeth out and put them in people's drinks, and sometimes it'd be like one. It's not just one; it's like one, two different things. Do you remember doing that? Like just like their friends, like oh man, like just people are like, what the hell? Straight out of like Young Blood, the movie, like or uh, I think that was the movie they did it in. But you do not now. You no longer is what I should say. Yeah. Have. Yeah. Removable teeth. You've left me in the oh, dust. Uh, I come out, yeah. and you're you're fixed yeah. up. Uh, we reti like, retired, and I so I'm in Croatia last year. Uh, we stayed three months in Croatia. We just we didn't want to come home to Canada during COVID. And my wife or fiance, sorry, we still haven't got married. We've still had the our weddings in Italy this year. We've had to move yeah. it three times now. Uh, she goes to me, "Hey, good news! I got you a retirement gift." I'm like, well, "What is it?" She's like, "You're getting teeth." Uh, and she had booked and set it all up with a great dentist in Croatia. So I got all my teeth redone. They don't come out anymore. It is really weird. I still yeah. struggle to speak on certain words, but it's uh, it's it's a good feeling. Yeah, no doubt, and no doubt, and I think that you know we kind of fast forward to you you retiring there, but you you played pro hockey for like ten years, right? Longer, longer, like fourteen, I, I guess, fourteen. 13, 14 years, like, because you played pro since you were 20 and you were now 34. And this is the first year uh, that you haven't played. Um, after you won uh, the Kelly Cup and that, you took your talent overseas and yep. spent some time uh, in the EIHL and a uh, few other places that um, maybe want to tell us about. But tell me about the initial decision to move over to Europe. Um, and what it was like when you first got over there, moving away from North America as a, as a young, um, young man, um, you know, kind of just searching out his hockey dreams over there because I, I didn't realize how just different it was over there and how much it just, 
can be very trying at times with teams trying to get money, trying to uh, just all of it in the middle of the season, they could just fold and it's like, what the hell's going on? And sponsors pull out. Now you're getting sent somewhere else. And tell us a little bit about your experience overall from the time you got there to the time that you left uh, Europe after, I guess you were yeah, there. For definitely. Years, uh, right? it, it was awesome. We uh, went to Edinburgh for half a season. That, that wasn't a great experience. The, the ownership group there like wasn't even giving guys tape or like like if you broke your laces during a game like you're like oh i guess you're done tonight <laughs> like that that was like this type of stuff which i'd never seen so like i, I basically halfway through the season said hey i'm, I'm not doing this I, i'm gonna leave and i i took the most heat which is weird because i was the seventh guy to quit but like i was like like how am i number seven and i'm the one that's like the bad guy but it's just it's just the way it goes and so uh I ended up going to Belfast and uh, Belfast was incredible. Great organization, uh, good people. Uh, played with a guy who's been on the show, Kevin Rain, who's yep. a phenomenal hockey per- person and, and just overall great person. Yeah, um, great guy. Great yeah, guy. Yeah, he's doing a lot of great things over there um, now. But it, it was awesome. Belfast was great. Um, weird place to be single when you're younger because, like, every, anytime you meet anyone there, they always want to go for drinks. Like, as a pro athlete, you don't really want to go for drinks every night. So that, that was definitely a, a weird place to be single for sure. But I guess that's Irish for you. Um, I, lo- I loved it there. We did well. We won, I think four championships, three, only, four. only four. Is that it? Four? It's three or four. I don't know. Um, and that was awesome. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I was happy to have my fiance over there for the last year with it because when she came into my life, she she didn't really know much about hockey and whatnot. Probably tricked her a little bit. She she's Australian. When I say I played pro hockey, she's only knew of the Canucks, so she definitely got tricked. <laughs> and um, she got to experience it over there. Um, she's the most private person I've ever met, so she didn't really get the fans that were wanting photos with her, photos with us. Like she just thought that was really weird. So yeah. she never really fully adapted to that. But then finally we knew we were coming near the end of my time. I'm not sure how many more years we we're going to play. So I, I signed in France, which is probably, this is one of the greater stories that I have. And ironically, we're still in court to this day trying to get our money. Um, and uh, so we signed a deal. We went over there. Uh, this is like three years ago now. Three? three? Yeah. And so... We're, we're waiting, and I, I'm really good friends with the coach who brought me over there. Talk to him all the time. And uh, they go, hey, like, we can't play tonight. Uh, some of the paperwork's not done for the league. And I'm like, what do you mean we can't play? I'm like, like, like we've been here for a month. We're doing training camp. Like, and so we're like, oh, that's weird. So we find out later, um, a little bit goes on. We're having team meetings, and uh, the ownership group, there or one owner is saying like sorry like, like there's something wrong with the paperwork for the league they're wondering like there's missing four hundred thousand dollars like just miraculously missing and so we're finding out as this goes on we're like this is really suspicious and we're hearing through other teams that like we're going to get kicked out of the league so like guys are like well i don't want to play division two hockey in france we're wondering what's going on and like our coach is like no it's all going to be good and I, I remember sitting in the dressing room and i'm like I've been around long enough. I'm an old guy now. And I'm going, what's the worst case scenario? And they're like, oh, the worst case scenario, you've been here over a month. You get paid out. You get your money. But, like, that'll never happen. Like, like, like we're, we're playing hockey this year. It's good to go. 
And um, I'm like, okay, I'm suspect. Guy's like, this is great. But at least we're know we're going to get paid out. In France, if you're there over a month, you get paid your salary. So like, it, it, like it's covered. And so a little bit of time goes by, more of our games get canceled. And so now we're getting really like suspicious. And so we start having conversations with the owner in there and things are like, things aren't adding up different or nothing makes sense. And so one night we're sitting there and we're just talking we're like, guys are like, this, this isn't good. Like this is really going to fall apart. And uh, we find out our dressing room got robbed. Well, the doors weren't the doors weren't broken and there was only like two people with the keys a 19 year old equipment manager and the owner so we came in the next morning after we find out our dresser everything's gone like like all of our gear guys sticks that they brought tvs off the wall like every skate sharpener everything the whole place has been gutted and uh we, we were looking around and he's filing a police report and we're like come on man like, like, we're like, we're like, we're not dumb, but yeah, the whole thing. So we're still in court fighting him. Wow. He said, wow. He said he shouldn't have signed us because he, the team should have known we were broke, but like, he brought us all there. Guys paid for their own flights and tickets and stuff. Like most, that team was one of the teams that like, we'd fly over and they'd reimburse you. So guys got screwed out of that guys got, and we're, we're still dealing with it to this day. So because wow. of you're, back you're you're you come to tell me that this whoever did it let's just say like whatever okay the owner let's this guy took even your skates everything the whole thing I, I you remember, had no gear. you're just clean did you have any gear that they brought they he took how many people had sentimental things like in their bags like for like man yeah, no idea no idea like, but because you know how hockey players are some of them are like you know very superstitious and might have like a hockey puck or like to do something wax whatever like it just yeah. man that's a it's a great story but it's a terror i'm sorry you had to go through that night it's funny that it's still going that was, still that, that was yeah, what year that was what year must have been like two two years ago three years ago so oh. then, like, basically, we're still waiting for that. And then, the, like, we're basically like, man, this is like when you know, like, this is starting to happen. Maybe it's time to stop playing hockey. Like, like, think about the real world or something. So me and my fiance are thinking about it. We're living in, uh, we were living in Lyon, France, the food capital of the world. So, like, we were pretty happy. We we're like, we we're right downtown for a month, not playing, waiting to figure out what happens. And so we decided at the last minute, we're like, you know what? We can go back to the UK and play, or we could go to Hungary and see. We've never been to Hungary, but that'd be an experience. So we decided to sign in Hungary, which was just a terrible decision. Uh, like, could couldn't even be worse. Like, uh, you, they, go from, uh, you go from a place where there's tons of food and you're not hungry. You move to a place called Hungary, and all of a sudden you're hungry, right? Dude, dude, we got the experience. So. I think I played like we got there. It's funny because we we got there. Me and Kyle Ezere from our team in France. I think we won eleven games in a row when we got there, and the coach got like a two year deal, like right on the stop of that, like right after that. We basically won the guy a job for two years, and then I got injured with my knee in Romania, which is like 
really, really like uh, when you get injured in Romania, you're in trouble. So um, I, I remember in Romania, my knees just blown up. I got knee on knee, and uh, I come back. They're like, "Oh yeah, it's probably fine. It'll probably be like two or four weeks." I'm like, "I'm like my knee feels like my ACL's gone." So um, two to four weeks goes by. I'm rehabbing with the team. Our team's just starting to lose now, so all the pressure's coming back to the imports that are injured. Like, you guys need to be on the ice. I'm just like, and all behold, the coach is days off. He didn't have days off. He considered days off coming to the rink and playing three on three for an hour and a half. So, like, he didn't like days off. So, um, couldn't figure out. Our whole team kept getting injured. Like, we've skated like 21 days in a row. Couldn't figure it out. I'm just, and he's just like, I don't know what's wrong. And I was just like, I was just like, it's pretty evident what's wrong. And uh, we, about a month and a half goes by. I, I say to the doctor, I'm like, man, my knee's really trouble. I'm like, I need a scope. Something's wrong with it. They decide to do PRP on my meniscus. And I'm just like, oh, God, this isn't good. This isn't good. And so that we do this, two weeks goes by, my knee's worse. And then finally, I convinced the doctor to go in and do a scope. And I'm like, like, just look at it. So I get, I didn't even know they did this. He gives me an epidural in my back. So that way I can be awake while he's, so he freezes my whole bottom of my body. So I can be awake while he goes, puts a screen up. I see the TV here and he's showing me while he goes through my knee. So like, 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 I'm just like, this is weird. Right. Yeah. No doubt. I've been hungry, which like the hospital beds look like they're from the sixties. Like it's like, it, it, I'm not exaggerating. Like, like, it might, I wish I would have gave that. Amy definitely has photos of the hospital beds because she was like, look at this place. <laughs> like, like it, it, it was different. And um, we go in, I remember, I'll never forget this for as long as I can live. We go in, uh, the doctor's doing it. He goes, oh, no, this is not good. Oh, no. And so he comes like, I got it. My ACL is partially torn. My meniscus is torn. My PCL is torn. And he's just like, how are you playing? I'm just like, I'm like, I can't. I'm like, like I'm wobbling around on the ice. And he goes, he's like, oh, this isn't good. So he tries to fix it up. Long and behold, it's been two years. And my knee is still mangled. So I'm seeing a specialist finally here back in Canada to fix this. But the coach wanted me, I did the surgery for the meniscus. He wanted me on the ice two days later. And so we go through this. We Season gets canceled, right? They make us all COVID? leave because of COVID. Of COVID right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, so we pack our bags and stuff. And I, I remember this clear as day, uh, in Hungary, me and Amy are walking Guinness and there's these giant vans of a full hazmat people drive around throwing people into the vans, like, like, like just picking up people. Like it, it was like, it looked like something out of like the purge or something. And we're like, this isn't normal. Like they were just like rounding up people they thought might be sick. Like it was like totally weird. And, uh, Amy goes, we got to get out of here. So, like, we tried to figure out how to get home. The team knows. The team is booking our flights. When we finally get we – we're the last flight out of Budapest during COVID. And uh, we get home, and the team goes, we didn't say you could leave. So, they never paid us the end of it. And, like, they're just like, you just left on your own. We're canceling your contract. And we're just like – we're like – just thinking in my head. I'm like, we ended up having to pay, like, something like five grand to get home because – they wouldn't handle our flights and stuff. So I was like, that was when I was like, I'm really kind of done with this. So how how much time you got, Dave? I got time. Yeah. Okay. Because we're already over. So 
I know, well, I know. I just wanted to make, I'm just being conscious of your time. I didn't know if you had like other appointments and stuff because we haven't got into any of the stuff that you're doing now or uh, anything. Yeah, absolutely. No, we got time. Yeah, we're good. I, I want to know like where, like where, where you were at when like all this happened because that's pretty, that's two pretty awful experiences to like, you know, and you're 34. And it's like you had, I mean, it's hard to leave the game, but I mean, look back at your career, dude. Look at all the things you accomplished yourself individually and more importantly with uh, with teams everywhere on different continents in different leagues and everything else. But how how were you feeling? Like, were you resentful towards hockey, those teams? Like, like, tell me about what life was like after that happened or was it okay because it was COVID and there was no hockey? Like, what was going on? Well, um, we kind of knew um, I rehabbed that summer. But the, here's a good story where I think we're out of touch in Canada, actually. I remember watching it. We were in the, like, the midst of the COVID going on, uh, the COVID. And um, we went to the grocery store to because like, everyone was buying up toilet paper. That's all I'd seen all online, right? And we went to the grocery store, and all the toilet paper was there. And all these like little old ladies were trying to buy meat. And I remember, like, looking at them, I'm like, this is how out of touch we are in Canada and, like, U.S. and Australia. They, like, they're worried about the world, like, ending and, like, we're grabbing toilet paper. These people are, like, don't know if they can buy enough food because they don't have enough money to eat. And, I yeah. like, that right there, I remember sitting and being like, huh. I'm like, we got it backwards for sure. And so yeah. that it, was a, it was a good experience to go through that there. But like it, uh, it made me think. I've never been really bitter about the hockey. Like I, I have so many friends ask me, "Are you bitter because you didn't make the NHL or like uh, play like more games, exhibition games, or anything of like that?" And hold I'm on, just, hold on, Dave. Let me interject. I forgot to mention that you had a you had a stint in the American League and did very well there with Charlotte as well. So uh, we yeah, we kind of skipped yeah. over that. So like that essentially would be like the highest level. I think that would you call the AHL the highest level that you played? Yeah, probably. probably. Regular season, right? Regular season, right? You got in some show exhibition games and stuff like me and that. But I just wanted to interject there because – and and you did well. You were up there and you contributed. And uh, honestly, when I saw that, I thought that you probably should have had a shot to do that again the next year. But that's – whatever. It's really weird because that year in Charlotte, too, was the year we got so many injuries. And they instead of, like, uh, going, like, next guy up, they took up the stall brother for the PR play. Uh, and a couple of us that were like, had more points or doing better below, uh, or just, I remember sitting there watching guys get injured and suspended. And we're like, this is it. We're going to get the call. This is great. And it just never came, but it's yeah. just, that's life, right? You know, like, like, there's no point so, to be bitter about it. Man. So tell, so tell me, so tell me now, Dave, like, you know, you're out of hockey. It's been two years, but essentially one year was canceled. So this would be your first year where you could be playing. Um, you spent the last, I don't know how long you were in Europe, but you recently got back to Canada in the last month or two, right? Yeah. Like you traveled around everywhere after after that happened. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what you're kind of doing now or where you're kind of heading and, and, and where your focus is now, now that you're not playing hockey. For sure, we uh, we kind of took a, de- a very different uh, approach. We were already in Europe last year. Um, and we we decided to uh, just stay in Europe. We were thinking we'll stay till our wedding uh, in Italy, and uh, so we decided to do a month in every country, uh, kind of during COVID, and just uh, see the difference of uh, 
lifestyles and stuff uh, through COVID. And uh, definitely uh, some people would have said we were crazy, um, but like, God, you couldn't have found a cheaper time to be looking for hotels and stuff. We could barter with places. And we uh, we might write a book about all, all of our experiences because we, we met some amazing people in all different countries um, from every type of people you could meet. And met people who work for Pfizer and who were very touchy topic for people met people that worked that were for ubers that hadn't had service all year that we ended up having for christmas dinner with us and stuff like that we met families in portugal that were incredible to us hung um, our favorite montenegro which i wouldn't be surprised if i moved to montenegro one day like if that if we could find where we want to be full-time i'd say montenegro and we went there on a whim and we stayed two months so we uh we just decided to you know what, I, I look back and uh, kind of a huge reason, which started to go back to it a little bit, but my, my dad always wanted to go to Mexico and he'd never gone to Mexico. And my mom always regretted not letting my dad go to Mexico. Um, and then he got sick. So I always thought, I'm like, my dad got sick at 34. I was 34 and I, I simply just, I love traveling. It's, it's our favorite thing to do in the world. And we just, we just decided, I'm like, I want to do this while we can and while we're healthy. I don't know what the next day is going to bring or what's so. Uh, and so we decided to do that. And it, it was the greatest year of our life easily. Um, it's pretty That's hard great. to come back and live that way, like, like to do that. And you definitely go through a lull, which, I, which I'm definitely noticing more so now in the winter. It's, it's pretty unbelievable, man. I followed your journey, whatever was posted on social media anyways. and. Yeah it seems to me like you guys were having the time of your life and it's, I, I just want to, you know, touch on that. It doesn't have to be traveling. That was just, you know, your story through your dad and, and wanting to do, but people watching people listening, like Dave, what, like Dave said, like, you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Like what, what, if you want to do something, what, what are you waiting for? Right? Like how it must've been just such a cool experience. And, you know, I see you chopping up the, champagne bottle with like a sword or something and i'm like yeah, you're pretty yeah. good at it now you weren't very good at it the first oh, time you're a champ now, yeah, you're yeah, a champ yeah. now. <laughs> but um, there's just experiences over there that you you just simply cannot get here like you just can't no it, it, it's it's I, I say this too and this is very important for us when one day we have kids um i used to think like canada was known as like super friendly people but i i, I don't recall anyone that I've met somewhere that's invited you for dinner in certain places, like in different countries. Like I, I, I the European way of life is just, um, believe it or not, most of the, the people we met were all wonderful. So like um, there's something different in their culture. The sitting around and having dinner for four or five hours is normal. Um, and like that was meeting people where they're probably like a little bit scared during COVID. Yeah. So we, we got, we got to know incredible people that will be part of our life forever that I'd probably call family now. And even people that, um, weren't that close. I still reach out to them and send them photos of that night or something just as like memories of just like how much fun life can be. And like, like I said, like it, it, nothing is really ever uh, guaranteed. So it, it's one of those things. It doesn't take much to be super nice to someone. Or, or, or try and like make someone's day better because like uh, especially right now in Canada I feel like a lot of people are on edge so yeah and I think I think I'm even a little bit 
um, naive to it just with the area that I live in. I'm in a fairly small kind of set of communities up here in Muskoka. And, you know, I don't really see a whole lot of people. Everyone's kind of laid back up here. I haven't spent a ton of time in these bigger cities, but you're living like downtown Vancouver now, right? Uh, Crescent Beach. Well, Crescent Beach, but you're in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Crescent Beach is beautiful, by the way. What a great spot. Um, Do you... Do you like that environment? Like now, like are you a city person? Like is that where you'd like to be, or what's ideal for Dave now that you're done playing hockey? Like are you a people person, uh, crowds, that type of stuff, or what? I I don't know because like um, for us, like like we like wine, right? Like that that's probably like our outlet of enjoyable things. Um, where like I I, I don't think I, I can't recall a time I've been to a club or something. It's been that long, so like. The downtown scene isn't like overly great for for me. Like for my ideal perfect night, probably hanging out with my family and like having a bottle of wine or whatnot. Um, and we're used to having our dog go everywhere, which is like he's been to seventeen countries with us, which is just ridiculous. And in Canada, you can't take your dog anywhere. People think you're crazy. I'm like Guinness goes everywhere, always with yeah. us. So we, we prefer to stay home a lot of the time. So <laughs> that's that's, that's awesome. True. Yeah. what's um what, what's your focus like moving forward because a lot of uh certainly hockey players uh people the guys that i've talked to and uh guys that you know um have struggled myself included cool. and, and, right. and it doesn't mean that you have to struggle with addiction or suicide or anything like that though it can be but sometimes it's just hard to find find your way so which direction uh is calling you at this time and, and where are you focusing your efforts dave you know what's weird is I just had this uh, long conversation with my cousins about this because it's definitely um, I'm at the age of 34 where you really if, if you keep floating around you're just you're gonna end up 45 and not knowing what you want and you're gonna be it's gonna be too late. So as yeah. someone who's always been able to move each year, I really need to pick a choice of where I want to be. Is that like doing real estate here in Vancouver with my family? Is it working full time with Therabody, which I work with? already and they've been incredible to work for what a great company um is it is it moving back to montenegro and doing some stuff overseas there um it's going to be really um it, it, i, I got to make some tough decisions right now but i'm i'm definitely trying to figure it out and it, it, it definitely i'm one of the lucky ones because i've had such a good supporting system and not everyone has that I kind of wish there was more of a program for athletes um, to help them transition because it's yeah. definitely something that players struggle with. Um, I, I definitely have at times like in like, like God doing the schooling this year to get my real estate license. Like God, we hate school. That That's the reason yeah. I went to the Western hockey league. So yeah. um, it, it, it's one of those things I'm still figuring it out. I'm doing a couple different things, but it's uh, I probably need to pick something and really focus on it because that, that's probably the only way you really get ahead. I might have my hands in too many uh, business ideas right now, but that's the problem. That's, uh, that's exactly how I feel, man. And it's not even like, oh, I got these business things where I'm going to go make money. Right? I'm just trying to do too many things at one time. And... Yeah. It's okay to do a couple things. You got you can have your hands in a couple different things, but I think I think it's also important, you know, to yes, focus. I, I believe what you're saying. I think when you have a clear vision and and your focus and you're you're putting your your 
your time, your energy, your focus, your resources, everything kind of into like one or two things where it's you have to plan and and more stuff's gonna get happen. That's just the way it is. Remember, ten thousand hours, right, or whatever. It's sort of the same same purpose. Where are you putting your time? And you can't. There's only so much time in a day, right? There is only so much time in a day. But I also think it's important, especially for you who's just transitioning out of you know. It's not just. 13, 14 years of pro hockey. It's also like 15, 20 years of minor, junior, and, and that's all you did, right? So I think it's also important for you to to try things, right? Like you don't know until you try, but you know, I, I so you that balance is like, what do you what are you gonna do? So I was just curious. I think that the I think there's a ton of potential for you to do whatever you want with your um charisma and just your skills and and your connections and the way that you can conduct yourself and just your relation you make relationships everyone like you know that i that meets you maybe not on the ice but off the ice likes you right like that i know like it's yeah. so i you know it's i don't know man i'm excited i'm excited for you uh to see where where life's gonna where life's gonna take you and um you know i just i before we go we're gonna have to do this again at some point so one time we're sure. gonna Sometime we're going to sit down together somewhere when I'm home or whatever with Mike's and we'll sit there and we'll talk or whatever. And, and we'll sit down and actually have a conversation. Cause I, I would love to do that. I would love to be able to give you a hug. I would love to be able to give your mom a hug. I, I found this picture too. I didn't really want to post oh, it. Wow, man, old school. That's an old school picture. So that's me and Dave's mom, Tracy, I think in like 2007. Um, there she is there in your, nice. I'm assuming, Game worn uh, jersey. Yeah. Uh, your mom cup jersey there. Uh, but how, like your mom, you mentioned um, is battling, uh, you know, for her life right now. Battling, and I just want to just say to Trace, I love you. And I just, I know you're a fighter. You fought through everything. You're not very big. You're pretty small, but you can kick some ass. And you're going to, and I miss you. And, uh, you know, I, when I found out about it, I just, uh, I tried to, I know Trace, you're going through a lot of people reaching out. So don't worry about getting back to me, but I just, I really, um, I've missed both of you guys a lot, um, like a lot. And, um, it's been too long and I just want you Dave and Trace too to know that like, I'm always here for you guys. I'm not going anywhere now. I'm on the right path. Um, your mom and I chatted quite a few times um, over the course of my addiction when I wasn't even talking to you. So, and she was always uh, very non-judgmental towards me and and very nice. And um, I'm just very grateful that I was able to be in your guys' lives as much as I I was um, back then. And uh, I look forward to hopefully being in your guys' lives moving forward. And I'll just keep you guys both in, in my prayers, especially you, Trace. I just, I, can't even tell you how much I love you. And um, yeah, just keep fighting. You got this. You got this. Yeah, she, she'll, uh, she's a little warrior. So I'm, uh, I'm quite confident she's going to do well. Um, but yeah, you got some crazy stuff coming up too this year, buddy. So we'll, we'll be watching if you end up, uh, if everything goes well with the, uh, the rollerblade, that's going to yeah. be a heck of that's going to be a heck of a journey. So, well, you better. That's what I mean. That's why I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, you're going to have to dust out the old rollerblades for the final leg there or something. Are, are you working with any rollerblade companies or anything yet? Yeah, I'm sponsored by, well, I should, shouldn't say sponsored. I have to use the word partnered with True. I have, True has okay. sent me, True has sent me like, Dave, like 
too much, too much stuff. I don't deserve it. Rollerblades, skates, customs. I didn't know that. Okay, cool. I could, uh, hold on one sec. I'm going to, uh, play one. Uh, I'm going to play this thing just for fun because I think it's funny. I played it last, but it's a little plug for puck sport. The only reason I'm playing this is so I can go grab my rollerblades. Full disclosure. A hat. This is, this was given to me by Brady Levo who started this group called puck support. And I'll tell you what, it's a great organization. Brady sent me this. Uh, That's awesome. I've been on Brady's show. Brady uh, is a kid that played uh, major junior hockey, was with the the Tampa Bay Lightning for a short time, had had, uh, some major drug challenges in his young career. And he's taken this upon himself to help families who who have had challenges and lost, lost young players because of mental health. This hat I have on has a logo on the inside of it with Todd Dewan's name on it. Todd played for me in St. Yeah. Louis, and he That's had, right. you know, obviously we lost Todd a number of years ago. This t shirt has, oh my God, Bob Probert's name on the inside of it. And that's what they do with all the things. So look, if you can check it out. Yeah, check out pucksupport.com. I just had to go get this rollerblade. I had to find something to play, but there, that's the, so it's basically, it's the same boot. Uh, yeah, and of course, the the long tongue. So I have the the rollerblades, the matching skates. They did like custom puck support sticks and stuff for me. They're, they've been uh, They've been unbelievable. So hopefully the plan is to leave May 28th. It is now a tentative date because of there's, there's a few things that we're trying to figure. I mean, we don't even know where we're going to be with COVID and everything else. And the, the numbers up here are skyrocketing. I don't even want to get into it because me and you have had a conversation about this off uh, all of it, but I, I hope that it can all uh, come to fruition. If we have to push it a month or whatever, hopefully we can make it happen. All that's the plan moving forward is to like make it happen. Um, obviously we're living in a, a bit of a challenging world right now. And um, you know, we have to just kind of, unfortunately follow the guidelines for now or we don't have to but we are so uh (laughs) let let me reframe that we don't have to but we are we are following the guidelines whether that's a topic for another day or not but um yeah so uh, i would love to you know whenever i for sure whenever i get back there though we're gonna have to get together i know if you're busy or whatever Mm -hmm. even if it's just for lunch and and with your mom and i would love to love to meet your fiance and um you know and See, I know Serge is not in BC, but it would be nice for the three of us. He's actually out here tonight. So is he really? Yeah. So he's in Vancouver tonight. Oh wow. Okay. Awesome. I'll have to. I meant to shoot him a message to tell him. I don't know if he knows that you're on the on the show tonight or not. I'm sure he might, but um, I think I told him. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It's it's crazy, man, to sit here after all these years and and kind of just reflect back and the stories that you and I legitimately have that are that are off the record are are stories that you know sometimes we may go really what were we thinking? Um, yeah. But at the end of the day, there was a lot of uh, amazing times, uh, times where we really we, we were just on an adventure. Like a lot of the time, you know, we went the very first time that I ever went camping without parents was with you. And that still to this day is one of the craziest times of my entire life. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We'll just leave it's it at that. I, I will just say that it really had nothing to do with Dave or I or anybody yeah. that was with us for that matter. It was a couple of random people in the bush that just, oh I, yeah, just 
Anyways, it was uh, it was a, a crazy experience. Put it this way: by the end of by the end of the first night, Tracy was paying for a hotel room for all of us to stay in because we were that terrified of these two people. I've never been camping again. <laughs> never been camping again. Oh my god! That was, oh yeah, that's maybe one day we'll talk about that. But that was it. Wasn't even. It's not even like it's bad because we didn't do anything. It was just we were 16 years old. Yeah. Do you, by the way, do you still drive the? You don't. You're not still driving the the Ford. Tell me you're not driving the Ford with the the purple lights underneath it and the rims and the. Do you know that that camping trip that we went on, you had just gotten brand new tires, brand new rims, brand new lights for under <laughs> the ground effects, and we took we went four oh, by four. Oh, it, it was it was so much fun. Chris, shout out Chris Bertina, Taylor Moore was there, Nat, uh, my ex girlfriend Randy, Mark Eastwood. Just not wasn't very many people, but it was it was a good good time and uh, yeah. something I'll never forget. One of many. Is there anything else? Uh, that you want to say, no, tell, me, tell me quickly before you go, TheraBody. Tell me about this TheraBody. That yeah, definitely. Uh, TheraBody is, uh, they work with recovery equipment for athletes. Um, ironically, it started as a, a chiropractor, made the company. They're now worldwide. Um, we have Cristiano Ronaldo, Johnny Goudreau with us. Uh, uh, it? Arsenal, Manchester City. Um, we, have, we have tons of different uh, clients and whatnot. Um, great product. I've used a million of the other ones and they've all broke. Never had a single return for these guys. So you, it's basically one of those, you get what you get, uh, you get what you buy, right? You spend the money, you're going to get a good product. So, okay. so you know, where, uh, you, where's the best place? Yeah, if, if anyone's interested, I, I definitely can work out a deal for your listeners or whatever. Uh, just contact me at DJ Rutherford 91 at gmail.com or by phone and i can send over my card as well i uh that's how bad at this sales stuff i is i wasn't even planning to plug it today so yeah that's, a, um, that's okay i got it on the screen for anybody and anybody I can, probably, I can set up something for them to get like 25 percent off so quite a big di- discount that would that would be awesome we can definitely definitely talk about that and um for anybody listening if you're listening to the audio yes it's on the screen you're not seeing it but if you go in the description below i will have a link where you can just click and it'll take you to his email like a clickable email link direct to so if you're listening to this and you're interested um and you want to email dave uh his email is in the description um so we you are, can do sorry we are we are still good too with them to get gifts before christmas so the okay. turnaround and stuff is very good um i i don't think you'll find anywhere else to get such a good discount so um let me know yeah no worries. definitely and you know i haven't used the product but it seems to be um used by pretty much every professional athlete it's i've seen so many pictures of it like i like i knew what it was when i said tell me about their body i already knew what it was because i've seen so many athletes using it where to the point where some of these athletes are like taking a picture of them in bed at night with the their body beside it is like their spouse because this is the best the best thing they've ever had they're obviously single or whatever it's a joke but it's yeah. you know this this is all i need on a on a saturday night or whatever and it's yeah. them and the their body so it's funny because all the people nowadays that are typing like this right they're all working usually like my, my fiance steals it for her shoulders all the time because <laughs> it's like getting a massage and how how, like how often can people go for a massage yeah not, not very often so it's a it's a good product it works um i like i said i, I always tail it to no one's like brought it back 
So that, yeah. that's always been good. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Dude. So, and um, and you're doing you're you're doing some uh, are you doing some mentorship, volunteer coaching or some coaching yeah. also yeah on the ice a little bit or on the bench uh do you have uh, aspirations of coaching hockey one day that's my last question well i have one more question after that but this is my second last question uh one thing asking me to do it um right now it i i just i didn't get into it because my mom's stuff's basically a full-time job uh i'm doing it with about 10 clients right now just on thursdays and fridays but it's definitely something i've considered because honestly probably the same way you when you go skate with the kids and stuff, like you, you remember why you love it. Yeah. Uh, seeing kids, kid, kids like bring everything back, right? It's like Christmas with kids. It's way better. Yeah. So it's, um, it's definitely a possibility. We'll see. And uh, I, I'm really big on just trying to build kids up. The hockey stuff will come, but making kids go home and feel good about themselves is, uh, that's, that's right. what we need as a society. Like that, that's what missing right now in minor hockey and stuff. It's all money, money, money. You want to make them good people. You make them good people, then they can go on to do better things. That's right. And that's why hockey is the vehicle for, it should be and can be the vehicle um, for so many things. Because the reality is, is most players playing hockey will never play major junior. Most will never play pro. And certainly the vast, vast, vast majority will never play a game in the NHL. However, there is so much good that can come from playing the game all the yeah. way along. And there's so much more to it than just, Oh, did you make the NHL? No, there's, there's life lessons and gifts along the way. Um, friendships like ours, you know, that are like lifelong lasting. And those are the things that really matter. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head dude is with building the kids up. And I was very fortunate to be around, puck masters and pete fry like you said jack gosen is a little different pete fry he's a little different you got to take him whatever remember the owner of puck masters pete hey Brady, how you doing buddy he's been on the show i love pete but he was always positive reinforcement building people up and when you went there you expect you knew you're going to get that and when you went home you went home a feeling or feeling amazing because you were built up and then all of a sudden you start to take that you know, to school, to hockey practice, to wherever. And it, and it becomes just a, like a ongoing thing. It's lifestyle, buddy. It's lifestyle. There uh, you go. I think they're all missing it with the mentorship stuff now because kids are so, like, you, they're so pressurable. So yet you, you have to build them up. And sometimes building them up also is teaching them how to lose and how to keep a good mindset while losing. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know about you, man, but uh, my self-critique while playing was so based against like, did I score? Did I get a point? Did I do this? And it's like, oh, no, I had a bad game. My whole life is over. And it's like, like you can't play hockey for competitively for a long period of time and expect to play great every single night. But you have to find a way to be able to bounce back if you do have a bad shift or a bad game or whatever, right? Bill Peters was the one that finally got to me that told me that you can have a great game without a point. Uh, and like he'd bring me in and like teach me individually, like on things. Cause I was so hard on myself where he's just like, you need to like lighten up. And uh, so like, I, I think about like that stuff, like that's something that like, I think cause the coaches probably at the minor level aren't educated as much as some of us that have gone further yeah. that they, they don't know how to help kids with that. And also how we like talk to kids, tones of voice and stuff can be crucial. 
Absolutely. So, there's so much to it. Yeah. Uh, and you have, you have so much experience um, to just to give uh, these kids and, and not just about hockey, right. About life. Uh, you've yeah. gone through a lot. Uh, I really appreciate you, you know, opening up about your dad on here and, and telling, you know, sharing uh, with us about your mom. And, and I knew prior, but I wasn't sure if you were going to bring it up. So I didn't want to, you know, bring it up too much. Um, but she wants all the support she can get and all the prayers. So and, and, she, and, and she's going to get it. And um, there's a couple of people um, watching. Um, actually, there's one that says, keep fighting, Tracy. Prayers to your mom, David, from Brody Ker- Kerbison. The Frontenac Phantoms is a team from the uh, league I'm playing in, but I know it's Jesse mm-hmm. that's running it. It says praying for your mom, David. Thanks, um, there's a couple more here, too. Um, but I do want to show you this one because we have a Teddy Hart's horn watching. I went to school with him. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. I know who yeah. Teddy is. I remember Teddy. He says, you had the big painting in your bedroom of 91. Remember Sergey? Yeah, better off. Right, correct, correct. Yeah. Is that not there anymore? You painted over that. I think painted over it. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. As I got older, I think. <laughs> yeah right it was still there when we were like 19 you got sergey fedorov on your wall with the white nike skates i just needed it to myself now <laughs> yeah well you all you have to do is change the face because you had those white nike skates when you were younger too similar my ones parents, my parents bought them and they were way too big but i wanted to be the first to wear them so i wore them and i couldn't skate <laughs> but i looked great <laughs> 90 remember it's 90 percent how you look and 10 percent how you play right yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay buddy okay well listen we'll wrap it up I, I appreciate your time um there was one story though about you know the knee surgery and 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 that you know story i'm talking about how you could have Oh, right. Well, why don't, why don't we save it for the next one? It's a great Okay. Question. Yeah, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. And, uh, yeah, man, thank you so much. And, and thank, thank you. Thank your fiance, uh, for yeah. letting me borrow you for an hour and a half. No worries. No worries, man. Uh, stay in touch. And if I don't talk to you before Christmas, which I think I probably will. Uh, yeah, definitely. And Teddy, Teddy's watching said, enjoy listening boys. Shout out Teddy. Okay, buddy. Okay, Rudy. Thanks so much, man. I love you lots. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay, buddy. Ciao. Ciao. All right, guys. That's Dave Rutherford. Um, Thanks, Dave. Really appreciate you, man, um, coming on here. I've been waiting to do this for quite some time. And uh, yeah, like you said, I just wasn't sure that that we would get here. Um, There's... There's a lot that's changed in the in the time where Dave and I haven't talked, but there's some things that haven't, and uh, there's still people in my life, or I guess I should say, not in my life, who were friends, um, people who I miss, people that I hurt, uh, people that I let down, people that I disappointed, friends, family, most importantly, my kids back home. Um. And some of the relationships may never come back. That's just the reality. And that's something that I've had to accept. It's not always easy, but on the same side of that, there have been a lot of people who I missed and loved dearly, like Dave, um, who I've now have back in my life. And we may never be 16 years old, 
driving around at three in the morning, you know, because we're playing street hockey till two in the morning at Ikea or whatever it was. But there's certain friendships and bonds that that at least I've created that I've been fortunate to have over the course of my life that I'm just very grateful for. And Dave is one of them. And I have several of them. The reason why I was saying this is because if you're out there and you have family or friends, kids, whatever, relationships that are severed, people that you're missing in your life, maybe those relationships can be repaired. Maybe some stuff needs to change before that happens. Maybe you have to look at yourself hard in the mirror and say, what's my part in this? I know I had to. I'm still trying to catch up on all the amends that I'll never be able to do, but I will continue trying to make those amends. And, you know, the people that come back in my life, I'm so grateful for. The people who I've hurt that don't want to be a part of my life, I have to accept that too. But I just keep moving forward because looking back will get me nowhere. I've done it for way too long. I still continue to do it from time to time, but I'm getting better at it. Last thing, probably not. If you watch the show, you know it's never the last thing. Um, I want to say thank you to everybody who came out to the Rink of Dreams last night. Starting with the owners, David and Elise Weiss. Thank you, guys. Uh, their son, Alex, was there. They David came out and with the Zamboni on the rink because they have a mini Zamboni. And uh, he did it like three or four times and just wanted the ice to try, be perfect. It was snowing. The ice wasn't like... Because the, the ice was great, but because the snow was on it, it makes it hard to stick handle or do, you know, stick tricks or whatever. However, for pictures, um, they were phenomenal. And we, we got some and we had some unbelievable people down there. We had Paul Rosen, which I told you guys earlier. We had Randy from the Outdoor Hockey Club. We had Lonnie Schwartz in net. Nico Cardarelli uh, on the cameras. Caitlin, a.k.a. Hockey Girl Van V. If you don't follow her on Instagram, go check her out. She was in a Sportsnet commercial and just incredible with the puck. She came out to do some photo, uh, filming. Cody uh, from the VS group was there on the camera as well. And my ride for the day was Josh Balderson, who drove down all the way from Kingston, left at like four in the morning, didn't get home till 10 at night, uh, who drove down and... Uh, got some content we got to meet we got some plans moving forward so thank you josh thank you cody thank you caitlin thank you nico thank you lonnie thank you randy thank you rosie thank you david thank you alex and thank you elise you guys all made for a pretty awesome day fire through some pictures there's me and david there's me and rosie i even threw on my old Kelowna rockets jersey that's lonnie in the pipes with caitlin me and elise there's me and Nico. There's a picture of Rosie. There's a picture of me and Cody. He's from the VS group. And here's a picture I posted today. 
in case you didn't see it, I am now 22 months, 22 months since I used any hard drugs. And um, I never thought I would get here. Thank you everybody for the ongoing support. It, without your guys' support, I don't get here. I just do not get here. Um, so much, so often I feel like I'm not worthy of it, uh, but I just keep putting my head down and keep putting one foot in front of the other, just trying to do what I can to, to make the world just a little bit better. And I think we can all do that. In fact, I know we can all do that. I didn't get to these pictures, but since you're watching, I'll show you guys. There's me and Dave back when we were 17 out on, uh, out on the beach there. And uh, yeah, just so many memories flood my mind when I see those pictures, just thinking of the direction my life went, where Dave has been and where the time goes. But here we are. And uh, I'll tell you what I'm gonna do. I'm never looking back. Um, not to the hell that I was living through, that's for sure. Thank you all for watching or listening. I have to say a very special thank you to my friend Jim Thompson and the people at Newgate 180 who are, are currently helping a friend of mine um, battle through some, some, of, uh, some of their issues, I should say, and made one phone call and within I made a phone call at 6 p.m. at night to Jim Thompson and by 9 a.m. the next morning, they were on their way to Newgate Treatment Center. So, Jim, thank you for helping out and just super proud of this individual right now. And um, just I asked you guys on the last episode just to keep this person uh, that will leave unnamed just in your prayers, uh, just for strength and and guidance um, well away, getting the help that is that is deserved and sometimes needed. Like it's okay for people to get help. I had to get help several times. There's people that watch this show that have received and not just received, but ongoingly receive help. In fact, I'm one of them. So there's nothing to be ashamed here. When we get to a point in our life that it becomes unmanageable. It's not just addiction I'm talking about. Anything becomes unmanageable. It's okay to say, hey, I'm not okay and I need some help. And there's great strength in that. There's great strength in that. If you're one of those people who are watching or listening, who may think, who's thinking, hey, maybe I have an, have an issue. There's an issue that's, it's affecting my life and I want to make a change. I encourage you to take that step. I really encourage you to take that step. It may just be the best decision you ever made. I know what it's like to feel hopeless. I know what it's like to feel hopeless and to think that things cannot get better. They will not get better. There's nothing that could make any of this better. Here I sit, 22 months, 
And my life has never been better. It's a long ways to go, but it's never been better. And I could have never dreamt this. It may not look like a dream to anybody else, but where I was at two years ago, this is more than just a dream. But this didn't just happen to me and won't just happen for me. This can be and happen to anybody. If you're struggling, you can pull yourself out of it. It's not easy. It may hurt. It may take some time. You may fall on your face time and time again. But you keep picking yourself up and you never, ever give up. Tell somebody, be honest. It's the only way that it worked for me. Doesn't mean it's the only way, but people ask me advice. It's always the same. Get honest with yourself, with the people around you. And then, and only then, do I believe real change can take place. Anyways, Paul Rosen 577 at gmail.com. There will be a link in the description on the audio. Go buy his book. It's 30 bucks. Pre-order it directly from him, please. Let's support our friend Paul Rosen. His story through mental illness and addiction and playing for Team Canada. He won a gold medal. Torino. Buy his book. Send him an email. Send him the 30 bucks. Support our friend Paul Rosen. Be kind. Always, always be grateful. And remember, have a great day if you so choose. I'm grateful, oh yeah, able, oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have only a path, I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win. I want no fake love, I want the real stuff, everybody listen up, cause I'll only say it once, I'm gonna show you all the path, if you want it bad, I'm gonna show you every side, yeah, how you can get it back, yeah, cause I ain't never done, I'll be number one, working mellow hard until I get just what I want, yeah, rises like the sun, yeah, fatal like a gun, shooters gonna shoot and I'm gonna shoot until I fall, yeah, So I gotta get through it And the only thing I know is to love what I'm doing Never give up, never slow till I finally prove it Never listen to the no's, I just wanna keep moving Yeah, I put out all this art, it's my only medicine Yeah, everything I do, I'm just being genuine Yeah, I'm sick of being screwed, feel my own adrenaline Yeah, I do just what I do, and I hope you let me in, let me in, yeah Oh yeah, I'm stable, oh yeah, no label, oh yeah, you know me, I have only a path, I'm lonely, but damn, I'm going to win.